Chapter Ten of Zara the Cruel. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Florence Short. Zara the Cruel by Joan Conquest. Chapter Ten. Sweet of tongue, but of distant beneficence. Arabic proverb. Zara it is it is you then it was you helen raised herself on her elbow and stared at the bewildering picture which suddenly appeared in the doorway blotting out the peace of the coming dawn and the far-stretching desert wrapped from head to foot in a great cloak of orange satin the arabian stood outlined against the purple sky with the nubian behind her whilst namla hidden behind her pots and pans in the recess cursed beneath her breath with all the oriental's volubility the terrified body woman had lain flat on her face upon the steps until certain that she had not been discovered then as the sky had lightened had crept like some gigantic spider up the steps and into the room where the white girl lay she had barely had time to whisper a warning and to run noiselessly across to the recess and hide herself when they heard her mistress's voice speaking softly to the nubian as they too mounted the steps sarah did not hesitate she determined upon a plan of action even as she caught the unconquerable look in the girl's bewildered face here was no weakling to be bullied into submission no poor spirit to be tyrannized no faltering feet to be whipped along a certain road rather was it a case for duplicity and cunning with flowers and green boughs to cover the dug pit into which misled betrayed helen rayner would ultimately fall with a little cry she ran across to the divan flung herself on her knees and seized helen's hand with a world of innocence and entreaty in her strange eyes helen rayner she spoke the sweetest broken english in the world her r's rolling like little drums the friend of my youth can you understand can i beg your forgiveness for the terrible mistake she gave helen no time to grant it or not she launched out on the most plausible explanation of the disastrous battle that a crafty mind could possibly have invented on the spur of the moment i could not hold my men i could not make them hear or understand in the noise of the fight that we had not found the right enemy she flung her arms up above her head which she then proceeded to bow to the ground by the grace of allah she raised her face and right hand to the ceiling a veritable picture of piety they did hear my order not to fire so that you dear friend of my happy school days was not killed those other barbarians that killed the old englishman with the white hair they were the ones we my grandfather but he was killed by a spear through the heart a spear thrown by one of your men the others came up from behind 
in spite of the reputation for lying and every kind of deception that the arabian had gained at school helen had almost allowed herself to believe the plausible tale told in the guileless voice but her suspicions aroused by the last barefaced untruth she drew away as far as the divan would allow from the supplicating figure with the sorrow-laden eyes but as well try to catch an ostrich on the run as zara in a falsehood she rose to her feet a superb figure of sorrowful indignation and threw out her hands as best she could for the cloak she had wrapped around herself in an effort to hide the scantiness of her attire then sat down at the foot of the divan facing her enemy helen raynor you believe that of my men mine over whom i reign as queen the barbarians surrounded us they threw the spear from behind my men then i give the order to alazad who is my bodyguard she pointed to the nubian who stood just outside the door watching the rocks in the hope of seeing yusuf pass amongst them i tell him to save you from the savage bedouins but why me alone helen drew the silken coverlet about her and got to a sitting position on the edge of the divan whilst namla watched the battle of wills between the beautiful women from the recess which was just behind zara's back zara leapt at the chance of firmly establishing her lie but there was no one else to save the old one your grandfather was dead no no helen sat forward in her intense excitement her eyes shining her hands clenched there was another englishman with us someone you know zara think of it someone you have met me i have met a friend of yours and mine i do not understand quickly breathlessly helen reminded her of the day she had fallen from her horse into ralph trenchard's arms you remember oh you must remember he told me all about you said how magnificently you rode oh and when he heard about the mysterious woman of the desert he said he thought it might be you because you had told him that you had come from somewhere about here and had asked him to pay your father a visit didn't you see him don't you know where he is and are you the wonderful woman everyone talks about sarah clapped her hands in childlike enjoyment i just remember him she cried gleefully whilst longing to choke the life out of the girl in front of her and he was with you then where is he we searched afterwards for our men upon the battlefield but saw nothing of the old man nor his bones nor his clothes and nothing of of the other i mean there was no trace of any other i know she clapped her hands and laughed we saw marks leading back to herrick he is escaped taking with him the body of your grandfather it is waiting for you to know where you are to come and fetch you perhaps perhaps you are right quietly replied helen her eyes fixed on the clasped 
fingers which showed white at the joints under the pressure of the arabian's emotion yes perhaps you are right she smiled gently and nodded her head whilst she asked herself if zara's intense solicitude could possibly arise out of friendship for herself she decided that it did not when on turning her head she found the eyes of the handsome native fixed upon her she frowned and drew the silken coverlet more closely about her in an instinctive desire to protect herself from the feeling of uneasiness and evil which had suddenly fallen upon her and sighed with unconfessed relief when the sun rays tipped over the edge of the mountains and shone through the open door tell me she said quickly why did you go out to fight those bedouins what harm had they done that they should be shot down speared massacred by a force far superior to their own what right had you to take their lives it is most injudicious to ask such pertinent questions in the uncivilized places of the world and it was well for helen that she did not see the rage in the other's heart at her daring ay, ay. the cry of the mourner rose to high heaven as zara smote her breast causing the doves and pheasants and other birds to rise in flocks and the women near the water's edge to look up from the business of the hour behold lied she brazenly even some moons ago those barbarians lay in wait for some of my people as they returned from huta the men they killed the women and the little little children they took away with them am i not the mother of my people could i refuse my men when they cry to be revenged ah oh, friend of my happy school days the ways of the desert are not the ways of the city let us not talk of things so sad listen i have some idea do you remember how miss jane used to scold when we said that she did not give helen time to say if she did or did not remember but turned her head and said something in his own dialect to the nubian he raised his hand and walked to the edge of the platform as unwitting as his mistress of namla the body woman who stood in the doorway of the recess gesticulating violently and shaking her head helen looked at her quietly and then turned and looked out through the doorway wondering what zara could have said to awaken such perturbation in namla's heart what is the great idea zara zara smiled bewitchingly her teeth flashing her eyes as soft as a gazelle's i will repeat the invitation to the englishman ah i cannot pronounce the name through you you will write him a letter to ask him to come to stay for the little time and to take you back with him yes you will write will you not my dear friend love the master key to all problems between woman and woman unlock the door which hid the secret workings of sarah's mind from helen the request explained namla's agitation sarah had evidently told the nubian about the letter of invitation how will you send the letter it seemed a trusty messenger would deliver the letter at huta and would wait to act as escort to the englishman on the return journey through the desert but ralph trenchard may be ill or he may not be able to come 
helen watched the other's face intently as she spoke the messenger can escort me to huta instead of taking the letter no woman is safe unarmed and not even armed alone in the desert with a man be a reasonable little english rose and write the little letter you could take me with an escort to huta sarah sarah humbly touched her forehead and threw out her hands as she raged inwardly at the other's obstinacy i am the mother of my people they mourn they weep in their sorrow i cannot leave them even for a little little while you liar said helen to herself thoroughly aware at last of the trap which had been laid for the man she loved there was no sign whatever in the women's faces of the strength of the passions in their hearts sarah smiled the gentle smile of propitiation as she played for the fierce love which had possessed her for so long repressing the hate and jealousy which urged her to call the half-caste and bid him fling the girl down to the rocks beneath in the depths of helen's eyes lay the confident smile and the look of strength of those who can bear all risk all defy all for love's sake fell a little pause as the sun-ray crept along the floor flooding the room with light making a golden halo round helen's head you do as i ask the question fell so gently in the quiet place helen leant forward and looked straight into her enemy's eyes as she answered slowly no i will not write that letter fell another silence in which whilst exercising the little control she was capable of sarah traced the embroidery upon the pillow and worked her cunning mind and helen sat still and silent wondering what the answer to her refusal would be love made her brave love made her ready for sacrifice but she shivered involuntarily as she remembered the tale she had heard of the arabian's cruelty rage and treachery both at school and after perfectly healthy in mind and body she shuddered at the thought of mental or physical pain for others did everything in her power to alleviate it made every effort to avert it from them she felt intuitively that danger threatened the man she loved and she longed to ask the arabian the meaning of her mocking smile as she lazily traced the embroidery with a hennaed finger sarah was trying to come to a decision she had methods which though hardly civilized were extremely efficacious in bending the most obstreperous person to her way of thinking she had also a fair knowledge of the briton's stubbornness and excessive altruism for some unknown reason helen had suddenly become afraid for ralph trenchard why she did not love him because she neither blushed nor cast down her eyes when she mentioned his name nor did she wear his portrait after the sickly manner of her race about her person sarah loved the englishman with all the violent uncontrolled passion of her parentage but her hatred for the calm english girl was almost as deep and as violent as that love and to it was added a seething desire for revenge revenge for her looks her breeding her gentle ways but above all for the intolerable camaraderie which evidently existed between her and the white man if only she had known any sign of love then would the revenge have been easy and subtle and of surpassing cruelty 
but her interest in the man seemed to be that of a friend and no more in fact she seemed only to be interested in her surroundings in the distant view of the red desert rolling in great billows as far as the eye could see and the golden sunshine which filled the room with its light and warmth she watched helen stretch slowly shrug the overwarm coverlet from her shoulders and pull the cushions into a more comfortable position behind her shoulders then with the lightning quickness of a hawk she leant suddenly forward and wrenched at a locket which had slipped from the silken garment helen wore she sat quite still staring at the portrait she held of the man she loved then she gave a little sigh of intense satisfaction and laughed gently as she looked across at helen who stared in amazement and stretched out her hand what an extraordinary thing she said simply it must have got caught and been hidden all the time in the coverlet i thought i had lost it that terrible night of fighting please give it to me sarah twisted the broken chain round her finger and swung it to and fro she laughed like the girl she ought to have been and playfully shook her head she could afford to be charming and frank in fact to prepare the first step upon the road of revenge she would have to pretend to tease her old schoolmate so as to allay her suspicions yes she could well afford to wait for had she not the white man and the white girl in her power would she not be able to draw him into her net and put her in the dust at her feet through the little golden locket which swung on her finger i will keep it for a little while helen Reyna my dear friend just for a souvenir of the old days my dwelling is yours i am sorry you will not be able to get away just yet she laughed gently so as to disguise the threat held in the words but i am the mother of my people and i cannot leave them and it is not safe for a young and beautiful woman to be in the desert alone with an arab you will wait a little until i am free you will bathe you will join in the sports and watch my happy people in their work in their homes i have many books you will also ride with me or with an escort in the desert yes she laughed softly at the glint in helen's eyes born of a suddenly conceived plan of escape some one will show you perhaps the way out and the way in of my desert home that you cannot learn by yourself because it is surrounded with the quicksands in which lie dead the hundreds of men and beasts ah tell me again tell me about the quicksands which have of course kept the water hidden all this long time tell me all about it so that when i get back to baghdad i can write to the papers and prove to the people who laughed at grandad that his theory was correct helen spoke quickly her fear momentarily allayed by the thought of being able to vindicate her grandfather almost deceived by the other's friendliness into believing that she was solicitous for her welfare she smiled across at sarah fully determined that the white girl should remain a lifelong prisoner either dead or alive in the mountains 
sarah recounted the romantic history of the strange place whilst alizade sat lost in dreams and namla gently rubbed her foot which had become afflicted with cramp caused by her squatting position behind the pots and pans sarah spoke well her melodious deep voice filling the room the jewels sparkling on her hands as she moved them in graceful dramatic gesture she recounted humorous incident and laughed tragic and drew her hand across her dry eyes she was hypocrisy incarnate as she revelled in the cunningly thought-out revenge she had decided to take upon her prisoner a wonder place is it not helena unique in the world you do wrong in not sending the invitation to our friend i would thank him for saving me from death in my school days but if you will not you will not and as you will not then must i give you a bodyguard to keep you safe until i take you back to him i don't want a bodyguard sarah as long as i have your permission to run about all over the place but that is it the place is very big and full of dangerous places sarah had no intention of letting the girl make friends with any of her people and rose as she spoke and crossed to the door i will ask galassad to recommend someone to look after you to chaperone you as you say alazad got to his feet when his mistress called him i have them in my hand she said so quietly that namla strained her ears in vain we will descend and speak upon it but i will not that she makes friends amongst my people find thou therefore someone to be ever upon her heels nay woman leave her free so that we will find out the workings of her mind through her actions and through the tongues of those with whom she speaks warn her body woman even the ever busy namla that her life depends upon the life of the white woman and helen who had been watching the magnificent couple wondered what the sudden heavy frown on zara's face portended and instinctively moved back when she swept into the room where is your servant she asked abruptly why is she not attending you where does this namla hide herself that woman with a face like a gravel path helen smiled up at the arabian and drew her hand across her hair pushing it back as a sign to the pock-marked woman who stood quaking with fear and with hands clasped in the doorway of the recess to hide herself she came down just as you came up i wonder you didn't pass her on the steps i always like my linen washed at dawn it smells so much sweeter she will be up in quite a little while to get my early cup of tea ready helen lied quietly quickly bravely to say the little servant and sighed with relief when zara swept out to the platform in great wrath namla she called the mountains echoing the sweetness of her voice namla namla tellahuna tellahuna and turned back into the room when namla did not come she hides somewhere listening to our speech the lynx-eyed fox-eared daughter of pigs she stormed in arabic taking a step towards the recess she was halfway across the room and namla half dead with terror when helen gave a piercing cry 
the lion cub roaming about as was its wont at dawn had heard its mistress's voice and bounding up the steps had hurled itself into the room and on to helen's divan after her one cry of fear she lay quite still whilst the tawny beast with lashing tail sniffed at her neck then with a low growl flung itself off the divan and hurled itself at sarah's feet a strange place this helena with strange customs and strange pets said sarah casually holding out her hand at arm's length over which the lion cub jumped but is that lion safe so far yes when it is not then we kill it those that do not obey do not live long here i am sleepy i will go down and you will dine with me to-night yes au revoir think of all i say and be wise that woman can wait she walked slowly out of the room taking no notice of alasad he came to the doorway and looked in upon the beautiful white girl and frowned as he turned away the butcher is not startled by the multiplicity of sheep he quoted the proverb as he watched the woman who had no compassion for her victims the woman he loved descending the steps then followed her her willing slave even to the bringing about of her heart's desire End of chapter 10